Welcome to Audiobook Test Drive. In today's episode, we are featuring a chapter from If the North Had Won the Civil War, An Alternate History, written by Andrew J. Heller. From the author of the best-selling alternate histories, Grey Tide in the East and Tidal Effects, comes a unique look at the American Civil War. If the North Had Won the Civil War is two alternate history novels in one. The modern story follows Stonewall Jackson, Jack Sawyer, a history professor in the modern-day Confederate States of America, and his alternate history, If the North Had Won the Civil War, in a nation where publication of his book is a criminal offense. The story gives the listener a look at a nightmarish modern-day confederacy where any person with a drop of black blood in his veins is denied basic human rights and confined to a preserve. Interwoven with the adventures of Jack, his fiancée Annabelle Parkins, his friend and fellow history professor Buzz Hansen, and Buzz's girlfriend, a biracial escort Lydia Starkwell, is Jack's book. This is an alternate history of the Civil War, written with the painstaking historical authenticity and attention to detail that Mr. Heller's fans have come to expect. The characters in this book within an audiobook are actual figures in the Civil War, and the military tactics and strategies are based on those of the historical war. The fiction is followed by a lively and informative factual discussion of the Civil War and a bibliographic essay. And now for your listening pleasure, an excerpt from If the North Had Won the Civil War. Prelude Jack Sawyer liked to use the History Department conference room when he was researching a new paper. Except for the big start-of-the-term staff meeting and the poorly attended and deadly dull weekly faculty conferences on Thursday afternoons, the room was barely used. With its wall of tall windows, floor-to-ceiling shelves filled with history books, deep pile carpet, and comfortable leather chairs surrounding the long conference table, Jack found the room conducive to thinking. Today he was taking notes from the third volume of Monroe Crandall's massive ten-part history of the Second War of Independence, considered to be the standard reference on the subject. He had read all ten volumes as an undergraduate, Indeed, he was so fascinated by both the subject and the writing he had almost inhaled them. Freedom Restored, the Birth of the Confederate States of America, was the reason Jack had gone to graduate school for his doctorate in history, the reason he had chosen a career in academia, and the reason he was today an adjunct professor of history at Oglethorpe College. Jack had done all these things because of his admiration for Crandall and his scholarship, because he had wanted more than anything else to become the kind of historian his hero had been. But now, a decade after he had first encountered Freedom Restored, Jack no longer found the research impeccable, the reasoning brilliant, or the writing inspiring. On the contrary, he was finding the prose style redolent with pomposity, the research shoddy or non-existent, the alleged reasoning filled with enough holes to equip the world's largest Swiss cheese, 
and the author's attitude so blatantly arrogant that had Crandall been physically present, Jack would not have been able to refrain from punching the venerable father of Confederate history right in the nose. Throughout all ten volumes ran the unstated assumption that since the South had won the Second War of Independence, this was the only and inevitable course history could have followed. Crandall's history was devoted to enumerating the ways in which the people and culture of the South were superior to those of the money-grubbing Yankees, and, here the logic gave Jack a headache, therefore the basis for the well-deserved Confederate triumph. Why, he wondered, had he ever thought this turgid piece of claptrap was such a wonderful achievement? He now considered it to be a prime example of everything that was wrong with what passed for scholarship in the modern Confederate States of America. Monroe Crandall's history all too well reflected the attitudes and assumptions of not only scholars, but the leaders of the nation, and the majority of its people. Just reading Freedom Restored again made Jack more determined than ever to complete his own book and see it published if it could at least get people to think about. These musings were interrupted when the door opened, and his fellow adjunct professor and best friend, Buford Hanson, known to practically everybody, with the possible exception of his mother as Buzz, entered. Unlike the skinny, bespectacled Jack, Buzz did not fit the popular stereotype of an academic. He was stocky, muscular, and handsome, with wavy dark hair, and looked more like a professional rugby player. He had, in fact, been an outstanding fullback in college before a knee injury prematurely ended his career, than an intellectual. "'What kept you?' Jack asked. "'I figured you weren't coming, and I was just about to pack it in for the day.' "'Oh, I ran into old Carson, and he just couldn't stop talking about the exciting pottery they found at that new Inca dig.' he said disgustedly. Pottery, he repeated. Is there anything more exciting than old shards of baked clay? He glanced at the book on the table in front of Jack, then picked it up to read the title. What are you reading? Oh, Crandall. He's your hero or something, isn't he? Jack considered explaining his current feelings about his former idol, then decided it would be too complicated. Yeah, something like that, he agreed. He lifted his briefcase from the floor, laid it on the table, opened it, and withdrew a manuscript which he handed to Buzz. This is just the first few chapters, he said, from the Battle of Sharpsburg in the East to the end of the Paraville campaign in the West. Except there isn't a Paraville, because, well, I don't want to give away too much in advance. Just read it and tell me what you think of it so far. Buzz swept the manuscript off the table into his own briefcase. Will you want my honest opinion, or do you want me to tell you it's good? He asked. I didn't realize the two were mutually exclusive, Jack said. Just be aware it's something new, so read very carefully and stop if you develop a sudden headache. I feel terrible if you injured your brain trying to understand it. I'm more afraid I'll pass out from boredom and give myself a concussion when my head hits the table, Buzz answered. But for you, my friend, I'm willing to risk it. Later, Gator. 
he turned on his heel and left the room. Jack gazed thoughtfully at the door after Buzz had gone. I don't think you're in much danger of terminal boredom. You might pop a blood vessel, though, he said softly. We hope you enjoyed listening to this sample chapter from If the North Had Won the Civil War. If you would like to hear the entire audiobook, it can be purchased at Amazon.com, Audible.com, and iTunes.com.